Hello listeners, welcome to Two Tired Parents and a Microphone. I'm Wooly. I'm Kit. We're parents that have had enough with unrealistic life tips and tricks. Mental health and managing it. This is a subject we both have personal experience in and are ready to open up. This episode is about our experiences and how we handled ourselves. Also, to maybe find some new tools to help manage things like depression and or anxiety. Like physical health, mental health is just as important for living life to the fullest. Let's be honest, life is hard sometimes and making sure you feel good emotionally during the good and bad is the key to many doors in life. Some of our info we go over can be found at mentalhealth.gov and pillarsofwellness.ca. A lot of people think mental illnesses are rare. I agree because there's a lot of people that you try and talk to them about mental health and they just pretend like it doesn't exist or that they don't know anyone with mental health issues or that you say that you have a mental health issue and they're like, oh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that. Because everyone thinks that they're so rare that nobody has them. They just assume everyone's normal? Mm-hmm. Normal people do? Mm-hmm. But what makes you normal? Does that make you normal if you're not? Because it's pretty... Okay. So the fact is, one out of five people will develop a mental health issue at some point in their life. Because it is taboo to talk about in our society. I think it's taboo to talk about in a lot of societies. Yeah, in a lot of people's family cultures, there's this idea that you have to be a certain way. You have to be someone specific. And they're so strict about it toward their children that the kids are afraid to talk about it. And it just continues on into our day-to-day society to not be talked about. Because you have to be a certain way. And if you're not, you're weird. You're abnormal, even though it's normal. It is normal. One out of five normal. That's pretty normal. That's That's a a lot of people. That is a ton of people. That's a shit ton of people. I feel like it's so taboo and so, like, so many people don't talk about it that that one out of five people that do have it, have a mental health issue or mental health illness, they think they're the only one. They think that there's nobody else around them that's experiencing things like that. So then they do keep it to themselves because they feel like nobody else understands. I try to make it just an open conversation all the time. Mm -hmm. If I'm at work or if I'm at any place and someone's talking about anything and it's maybe something that can be easily brought up, you know, like, oh, what'd you you do last week? Oh, well, I was kind of depressed, so I was just kind of in a low and wasn't feeling great, but... You know, did some grounding stuff, kind of got myself out of my out of my shit and read some books and just trying to work on getting out of this and just, you know, and sometimes people look at you a little weird, but most of the time people are kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been there. Yeah. I think there's also this mindset of, you know, people ask you how you're doing and they don't actually want to know. They just, that's just their small I fucking, talk. I'll tell them. <laughs> if you ask me, you better be prepared. No, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hear how I'm doing I got diarrhea <laughs> of the mouth for sure of the yeah I don't know I'm I try to be pretty brutally honest 
I try and be honest about it too, but I mean, even then there's times that I feel uncomfortable talking about it, even though I know that I want to make it more okay to talk about. I like push through that discomfort of talking about it to people. I'm definitely not the type of person to just start. Well, no, I am the type of person to just tell my life story because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if people judge me, um, but I also kind of brush over things like they're no big deal. Yeah, because it, it, it can be a big deal. Like I, I use words like it sucked or, you know, this was bad. But anyways, because we do move on, we recover. Mm-hmm. Someone was complaining about the place that we live, just like the town. And I said, yeah, ever since I moved to this town, it's kind of been bad luck. Like, what do you mean? Well, my dog died. Car got stolen. Been kind of depressed because of it. But, you know, it is what it is. Life goes on. And uh, I'm doing a lot better. I'm getting out of the house. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. But what if you're not doing better? I mean, at what point can you be like, my life is hard right now and just I'm say having that. a hard time. I, I would just say that. I mean, I, I, I am doing better. So I, I've told them I was doing better. But if I wasn't, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just having a rough, a rough time. But would you glaze over it and then end it with, I'll get there or I'll recover or it'll get better eventually? Like, would you still glaze over it and add that positive at the end? No. If I was having a hard time, I'd probably say something like, you know, yeah, and I'm having a hard time. But, you know, it's nice to talk about every once in a while and get things out there mm-hmm. and just leave it at that. Yeah. Because I mean, I, but I, that's even even that's still adding a pos- like not a positive, but because there but is adding a but because I see I still see positives even when if I'm in a really bad low, I see the positive in the fact that I'm feeling, which is a human thing to do. I'm like, OK, I'm well, totally I'm thankful that, that. I, I, I'm thankful I'm feeling right now. It may suck, but I'm feeling, and that's literally what life is about, just feeling. Sometimes it's, you're going to feel really good. Sometimes you're going to feel content. Sometimes you're going to feel fucking shitty. But there's plenty of times that you don't see the positive in it or you don't feel the positive. No. And I guess what I'm saying is I also want it to be not taboo to leave off the butt. I'm having a really shitty time right now. No butt, no... You know, thanks for talking to me about it. Just, I'm just having a shitty time. But then people feel the need. They feel the need to either be like really uncomfortable or they feel the need to like cater to you at that point. Because if someone came to me, I would say, well, I appreciate you telling me that. Yeah, because it's taboo. It makes people uncomfortable. That's what I'm saying is how can we make it less of a taboo thing to just say my life is shitty right now? I don't know. Just say it. And people might be uncomfortable. Yeah. But at least the people around you will get used to it. And then maybe they'll feel comfortable to say it around people. Yeah. Or at least you. I mean, I've I've been pretty open with people. So people are usually really open with me. Yeah. Like, really open. Where I'm like, well, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I gave you a lot, but you gave me more. I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. But it is one of those things that... And when I say a lot and it's hard for me to handle, it's usually just like maybe details of things that I'm like, ooh, that's... You know, personal. it's a little personal. That's for the bedroom. That's not safe for the workplace. <laughs> I do think that just talking about it more often mm-hmm. is a good thing. I don't I don't mind doing it. I 
I feel like people can kind of get that vibe for me too. Because sometimes before I have a chance to even be a completely open person, I just listen to people and I give them responses that maybe they haven't had before. Because a lot of people do say like, I'm sorry, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Or they get really uncomfortable and they're like, yeah. (laughs) And they just kind of turn away and not talk to you anymore. I mean, I get that side of it too, though, because I'm an awkward human being. And so when people come to me. Yes. (laughs) So when people come to me with their, you know, their life issues, their problems they're going through right now, I want to be that person that's supportive and I want them to be able to talk to me. But I'm an awkward human being. So sometimes I do say stuff like, oh, that sucks because I don't know what to say. But I still want you to come to me and talk to me about it. And I'm still going to sit here and listen. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be open and I'm not going to judge you for it. Say that. But be aware that I'm awkward. So say that. Just tell people, hey, I'm awkward. Be honest. (laughs) If they're being honest about something like that, then you can be honest and say, hey, I'm really awkward. But I actually do appreciate what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. Just don't be surprised if I'm awkward because I I don't know what to say but I do support you and I do care just be honest you know I also read this thing that was was saying you know how people when they're telling you their like their life story or something in their life that's really important to them and then they change the subject to themselves you know I'm sure you've had that happen to you before oh yeah I've also I read an article that said like that's really common for people when they're maybe not necessarily feeling uncomfortable to respond but they're trying to like understand and trying to show you that they care because they're trying to relate and so sometimes it comes off as well hear my story but in reality they're like i understand i relate because of this i've done that yeah i did that before i learned more about better responses (laughs) but it is hard because i think that all the time like I want to relate and tell you why I understand. But then I'm so aware of it. I'm so conscious of it that I end up just not saying anything. And that goes back to my awkwardness. Instead of having that I relate story, I think I can't tell my I relate story because that's rude to take the focus off of them. So instead, I'm just going to be like, oh, that sucks. So like I said earlier, instead of saying things like that sucks... Or, you know, sorry, bro, or something like that. Sorry to hear that. That must suck. And, or the, when people do the at least, you know, at least it's not this bad, or at least you don't have this like my cousin. Like that. I'm, I'm so guilty with that when it comes to myself, where, you know, I'm, I'm having a, a tough day and I'm like, well, at least it's not as bad as this person's story I heard, or... You know, I've been feeling a lot of anxiety lately, but at least it's not really bad anxiety like a lot of people get. And so then I I downplay my own issues. But I know that is a response that people do to each other, too. Yeah. Well, at least you're not dead. Well, at least you don't have hemorrhoids like your old Uncle Bill. At least you'll have a roof over your head. That's probably a more likely one. The roof I over hate your that head. one. I feel like people have said that to me. You've got a job. You've got a good family. You've how, got food. How rough could your life really be? You have everything you need. Yeah. One in five. 
And it has nothing to do with what you have in your life. You could have everything you've ever wanted and still have mental health issues because it's not it's not just a the things that are around you make you happy. It's internal. It's all, you know, some of it's brain chemistry, some of it's just lack of sleep maybe that has caused you to get anxiety or whatever. Some of it is caused by the people who are getting upset with you for, for feeling upset. For feeling upset. It's it can be hereditary. Definitely. A lot of it's hereditary. It's not just the things you're given. Depression is universal through all cultures, all race, all incomes. You don't have just because you're rich doesn't mean you're happy. Just because you're poor doesn't mean you should be depressed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is true that a lot of things that could be happening in your life could trigger it. Mm-hmm. But I always, I always had a hard time like growing up because I, I had anxiety f- since I can literally remember memories. And I, I always, I never understood why. I was like, I have everything. I have. You know, I live in a good place. I have a good family. I don't I don't have anything that's causing these negative feelings. So why do I feel so bad? Why do and, the things that I should be happy about not make me happy? Yeah. Why is it that, you know, I I enjoy my time. I'm spending time with a bunch of people. Like, for example, like in high school, I would be super busy all the time spending time with groups of people. And then I'd get home and I'd be by myself and I would just feel so shitty. And I'd be like, why? Like, I had such a good time. What in my life is making me feel this way? And I felt like I never got any answers until I looked into mental health. I think the the point that I feel like I'm having is saying that one out of five people develop a mental health issue at some point in their life. It doesn't necessarily mean that something bad has happened in your life. It could just happen yeah and that reminds me too of the whole mindset of if i just have this i'll be happy if i just get that job i won't be as anxious if i just have enough money to do this thing you're never gonna better you're never gonna run out of if i just yeah because it's it goes on forever you're just gonna run away from your problems your whole life and you're never going to end up solving anything yeah the the things the stuff the the places that's not going to be the thing that solves your mental health problems if you're not happy where you are chances are you're not gonna be happy where you think you're gonna be happy (laughs) yeah no that's like the whole thing the grass is always greener on the other side it's it's not you gotta grow your grass where you're at and make it healthy stable foundation so how do we grow our grass where we are now to be greener correct lots of ways tell me well there's there's a lot of tools we can go over okay but i just want to go over one fact okay before we go over those tools tell me. that depression can cause you to dream up to three to four times more than the average person that also means that you're you have more intense nightmares but than you normally would. But you get to dream a lot. 
I always I, wondered why I dreamed so much, probably because I go in and out of that. But also, I've always been a person who's been like that. So I can't just say I've, I've been depressed since I was a baby because I've always been really, I've always had cool dreams and I've been able to control them and do lots of fun things in them. I feel like depression and anxiety dreams are more vivid too. And I mean, I feel like everybody can relate to that. You know, you're feeling anxious about uh, a new job. You start having dreams about it or you feel depressed about something that just happened in your life and you dream about it. Like, I feel like that's pretty relatable. Yeah. I I mean, I wonder if it's more common to have, you know, when you have those dreams where you're, you are like something happens that's so fucking cool and you wake up and you're just pissed. Mm-hmm. You're like, God damn it. Because it's not true. Mm-hmm. Do you think that happens more when you're depressed? I think it does. I have no idea. I feel like it does. Because when I'm when I'm like feeling really shitty, I feel like I have more of those types of dreams about like and it's and my like <laughs> my dreams are never anything really cool maybe to other people. Every once in a while I'll have one that like other people I'd be like, Oh yeah, well of course, you know, like a superpower. Mm-hmm. And you wake up and you're like, Damn it. You know, so do you consider that a nightmare then? Because it's something that you really want. You wake up and you don't have it. No. Oh. No, I consider it a nightmare when I wake up thankful I'm done sleeping. Okay. <laughs> That's what I consider it a nightmare. But I have I'll, the, the most common one I have that I just got to get out there. The most common ones I have are super materialistic. They, and they make me mad because they just seem because it does seem like it's so real and and fathomable. When I wake up and I realize I can't fly, I'm like, well, yeah, I can't fucking fly. Obviously. And I probably wouldn't even do it because I'm scared of heights. <laughs> but in my dream, I'm not. Oh, my God, though. I have dreams about like swimming underwater and being able to breathe and like living under there. And I wake up from those really upset that I can't actually do it. Even yeah, it's obvious. I, I used to have when I was a kid, I used to dream I was. I had the powers that Spider-Man had (laughs) because I thought that could happen. I was pretty convinced that like when I saw the movie Spider-Man for the first time, I was like, oh, well, I mean, seeing it in like a live action thing instead of just like reading a comic for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, duh, of course that could happen. Duh. I was I was at that could totally shoot webs out of their arms. I was at that perfect age where I was like, yeah, no, no, I like that's that's going to be me. (laughs) that'll be me i'll be spider-man so totally opposite of that i always watch those movies where the people would turn 16 and then like turn into a mermaid and i was pretty freaking convinced that when i turned 16 or 18 or even like 21 that i would go swim in the ocean and then magically turn into a mermaid i thought that was legit i was like i'm gonna be a i saw those movies i thought they were real yeah i was like i'm gonna be a fucking mermaid dude Hell yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I still wonder, like... Don't let people tell you you can't be a mermaid. Maybe 30 is the age. 30? Maybe 30 is the age that I just had to wait until I hit that 30th birthday, and then my tail will appear next time I hit saltwater. Give me one more year. And then you're out of here. I'll never see you again. I'm out. (laughs) You'll be gone. 
<laughs> flapping in the water. I will have no mental health issues after that. No, that's but my if if I was just a mermaid. Do okay. you think someone who's new to being a mermaid is just a terrible swimmer? <laughs> because they're used to swimming like a person, so they try to kick their legs and they end up just going you know, like drowning almost. Their fin is like going back and forth like crooked. Yeah, and they just they're spinning in a circle like those goldfish that are dying at oh, PetSmart. No. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, half upside down. I want that one. No. No. No, Timmy. That one's. No, I think once you turn into a mermaid that you just automatically are like a fucking mermaid. Forever? Yeah. Yeah, I would never see you again. No. I mean, you could have that option to like come dry off and get your legs back. My dream. What was that movie with Tom Hanks? Wasn't that like Splash or something? Was that what it was called? Splash? Yeah. I loved that Tom Hanks movie. I feel stupid that I've never even heard of it. Oh my God. Why have I never heard of that movie? I don't know. Was it good? No, it was terrible. Maybe that's why. I think we have to watch this movie. Splash? Yeah. <laughs> I'm bummed, but we'll watch it. Okay. It's Tom Hanks. I feel weird that like my dreams when I was a kid, like I thought I was gonna be like Spider-Man and you're still dreaming about being a mermaid and my dreams now are like, oh man, I got a Corvette. <laughs> I'm going to be a mermaid. You're still dreaming about being a mermaid and I'm dreaming about like a car. I'll never forget. I had a dream. It was, I don't even, I'm honestly, I'm not, it's, I'm not like a, a hater or really a big fan. I'm just in the middle, I guess, on those F-150 Raptor pickup trucks. They're, they're badass. They're a nice truck, right? Out of, mm-hmm. As far as trucks go, it's a good truck. Mm-hmm. Okay. When they first came out, we were still in high school. I do. I remember I had a friend that got one and everyone was like, oh my God, he's got a Raptor. Yeah. So we were in high school when they first came out. They're very expensive. They still are. And I had a dream that I won one of those. And I remember it was so real that I woke up and I ran to the window and and went, oh, fuck. Was that your first car dream? It was my first car dream. No, it was not my first car dream. <laughs> but it was my it was it was one of the only car dreams I've ever had where I was convinced when I woke up that it was real, even after I woke up. Mm-hmm. Because I always knew they were fake when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, ain't no one giving me a Lamborghini, <laughs> you know. And then as an adult, I'm like, no, I don't have that car. Come on, I look outside and there's a Cherokee. <laughs> Don't hate on the Cherokee. It's a Grand Cherokee. Oh, okay. You can hate on the Grand Cherokee. Yeah, they're not as cool. So depression can cause you to have more dreams. Three to four times more. So, right? That's a lot. That is a lot. So we've gone over dreams a little (laughs) bit in depth. (laughs) Extensively. Let's go into tools. I just unplugged this. Is that bad? Did I fuck anything up? Why did you unplug it? I don't know. It was right there. Okay. Should be okay. Okay. But don't unplug anything <laughs> at all. I've been I've been touching things. I know I can't stop moving my chair, and my chair's going. <laughs> you hear it? Actually, it's more like crack, 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 crack. Why did I make it? Sounds it, like my toes. Why did I make it sound like it was a like an evil ghost? Or speaking of mermaids, it was like one of the the actual a, myth a of the mermaid. No. Oh. You know the siren. Oh yeah. They're like evil. And that's what they actually they first, sound like. Well, but they they, they yeah. sing you a song first. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's like in the water they sing you the song, but if they're out of the water, they sound like that sound. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're terrifying because mm-hmm. they and they have like all those teeth, you know, because mm-hmm. everything scary always has to have a bunch of teeth mm-hmm. because it, it gives you that illusion that like you're going to get eaten by it mm-hmm. and no one wants to get eaten. No. It, isn't that like, isn't, oh, is that the number one human fear of way of dying is being, being eaten, eaten alive? Because that's like almost every monster eats you alive, right? Yeah. Fuck. There's animals that do that animals eat that eat people alive yeah yeah there's people who eat animals alive uh, yeah there's people that eat people alive oh shit <laughs> now we're getting deep oh. speaking of mental health issues shit. cannibalism Uh-oh. no let's just not go in let's just yeah, not go that direction right. oh. i think you were gonna say something i was but it's totally irrelevant as irrelevant as cannibalism <laughs> maybe i was gonna say speaking of being eaten or bitten by lots of teeth i have a student that came to me and told me that he got bit by a shark and he showed us a scar on his leg and i was actually to the point where i was slightly convinced that he did get bit by a shark and i ended up talking to his mom that same day and she was like no he's never even been near sharks what happened nothing he just had a little scar on his leg why were you convinced i don't know aren't you used to me i lie every day about weird shit like that but it was it was a good lie he was like no 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 look look at my scar did it look gnarly no but i thought maybe he just got a little nip or something what like one from one tooth yeah it was it had one little it was a like a quick getaway i don't know I'm picturing a one-tooth shark that's like, get over here! <laughs> or maybe like I'm a little, gonna bite you. Maybe like a little baby shark, like the little, the little ones. You so know? it went arf. Yeah. It arfed him. Yeah. Arf. I feel like that's what a baby shark noise make. <laughs> that was irrelevant. I know. It's completely irrelevant. Self care number one tool. Well, it's just the first tool I have on the list. And self care is different for everyone. That could be... We had an entire training on self-care at work. And we had to write down the two things that we were going to do for self-care. And then we went around and we told partners. Mine were journaling and stretching. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. It's okay to judge other people's self-care methods, isn't it? it's not okay. No? No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. No. I specifically needed stretching for self-care because I am pregnant and my back hurts. It's not really the stretching. It's the stretching in combination with journaling. Why is that weird? I don't... It's not... Okay. It's not weird. But why are those the two things? Because it's you. Oh. That's... It's you and you... Are a nerd. I am not a nerd. But I mean, mine weren't going to be any better. They were going to be. Yours are going to be like watching videos of cars and like touching cars. And touching cars. <laughs> and cars. And and cars. I like cars. No, it was going to be like, like taking a shower, like a long shower, and maybe cooking myself something that I like to eat. That's not nerdy. But neither is journaling. Huh? Journaling's not nerdy. What were other people's? Were it 
Like, were any was there any that you were like, oh, that's a, that sounds like a really cool way to self care. I think. I mean, there was a lot of common ones like meditation. Um, How many exercise? Good lord, I hate when people say that kind of stuff though. Because let's be honest, dude. Let's be totally honest. I could say that because I know that that's some good self care. Yeah. But how many people do you do know it? are meditating and exercising constantly? Okay. I went through a good few months where I was meditating every day. And Ex- but few months. Yeah. But I think, I don't think this was like a, what are you currently doing for self-care? I think it was, what are, what are two things that you want to start doing for self-care? Oh, well, that you want to start doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like mine was, I want to start journaling. Like I... I'm not good at it. I don't do it all the time. I want to make an effort to do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You want to start doing those things? Mm-hmm. And I actually thought it was kind of a good idea. I I put it on a little tiny sticky note and I put it somewhere that I see it all the time. So my work computer, every time I open my work computer, I have my little sticky note that says self-care, journal, and stretch. So it gives me that reminder to like do it. I'm picturing like a, a, a journal with like stick figure legs and arms doing like a stretch and then you like drew it on a post-it note. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you want to give yourself a reminder, I just wrote it with words. But I'm still, I'm picturing this journal doing, doing like cat cow. Interesting. It <laughs> kind of reminds <laughs> No, go ahead. I was going to say it kind of reminds me of... Harold and Kumar when the the bag of weed starts doing things and it's just got like arms sticking out the side and legs sticking out the <laughs> and bottom. And it's like smacking its wife because <laughs> she didn't make good coffee or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think he smacked the bag of weed because she was, the, the weed was the wife. The weed was the wife? Yes. That's right. The weed was the wife. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was Kumar yeah. smacking the bag of weed yeah. who brought then, him the coffee and she was... <laughs> yeah. And then he went and like hugged her later. Yeah. And then they yeah. like humped. Yeah. <laughs> um. They made sweet, sensual love mm. to a bag of weed. Oh anyway, yeah. Self-care. Self-care can mean anything to anyone in different ways. It could mean... <laughs> Just something that makes you happy. Shave your butt. Shaving your butthole. Okay, but truthfully, maybe shaving your legs. Like a lot of people are they don't they don't take the time to take care of their personal looks and if you're somebody that shaves There's their legs. There's a lot legs, of ugly people out there. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that if you're somebody that, you know, shaves your legs, like I know there's a lot of people that don't care it doesn't matter i don't i don't care if people do honestly no i don't either but i'm saying if it's something that you like you like your legs the way they look shaved but you don't actually take the time to do it maybe self-care is shave your legs and and your butt and your butthole yes maybe self-care is shaving your your butthole but it could be taking care of your physical looks because that's something that makes you happy yeah some people don't care no some people are like i want to look like this I want my body to be bald mm-hmm. and I want my farts to be twice as loud <laughs> and I want to feel sweat down my crack man pond man pond son 
like makeup is another one that people do for self-care yeah like personally i don't wear makeup i don't really care about makeup but i know a lot of people like to spend time like learning how to do makeup and like dude it's an art people are so good at it yeah when they're good at it it's freaking gorgeous when they're bad at it it's horrifying yeah it's absolutely terrifying but that could be a self-care you know take take an hour and do your makeup if that's what you want to do self-care is what you want for you without judgment of yourself and what makes you happy Mm -hmm. self-care and you know if somebody you are very close to calls you a nerd for your self-care fuck them who cares (laughs) i don't i don't either (laughs) i'm a fucking journal okay whatever i want to do yoga while journaling downward dog with a pencil in my hand Therapy. That's number second. Oh. Therapy's good for you. Therapy's good for you? Mm-hmm. That's all you got? That's, it's good for you. It is good for you. My challenge with therapy is finding a time because our society isn't built around it. And society. Society, man. It isn't built around it. And if you man. have a regular nine to five job you can't find a therapist within your insurance half the time that isn't nine to five like what about everybody that's working how do you go to therapy you can't it, yeah they take they make time for it by taking time off probably yeah they told me that they were like well you can uh, take a day off teacher uh, first of all i'd have to do that twice a month because they want me to go every two weeks. And you should go every two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. But who has that kind of sick time? And, like, I need the money, you know? Like, I can't afford that. I have to pay for therapy. I can't lose money they should on have, top of they it. They should have night therapists. Yeah, or just evening. Ladies of the evening. Ladies of the night. Mm-hmm. Honestly, honestly, I bet. I probably can't even say that. You can. I don't want to condone doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet they're good listeners. Just pay someone to. Pay someone to listen to you. Just to vent. But you can't just pay any person to just listen because. Therapy isn't just talk therapy. A lot of times there's... But I'd rather talk to someone who's been through some shit or is like... I get that. But I also want somebody who's trained and knows what is healthy for the brain and what you can do to make your brain healthy. I'm saying on the days you can't take a day off, go downtown, Mm -hmm. get in your Lincoln Continental, and just say, hey, I just need someone to vent to about my day. I'm pretty sure they have apps that you can pay a therapist to talk whenever. How do you you know they're a real therapist? I mean. They could be a lady of the night. They could be. Anyway. All therapists. (laughs) What are you going to say? Go ahead. I don't want to. (laughs) 
I'm done. Okay. Anyways, no, therapy is really good. Therapy is really good. It's good for you. It's good for your brain. And it gives you so many good tools. You know, we talk about tools every time. They're going to give you legit tools. Well, good therapists will. Yeah. I've had therapists that don't give me tools. Well, then that's an important thing to talk about, too. Like, you need to find a good therapist. Not every therapist is going to be good. No. Don't just be like, you know, go to the first therapist and be like, well, they weren't great. I So therapy doesn't work. They don't necessarily have to vibe with you super well, but they need to be, I mean, for at least for me, I need someone who's going to listen, but also help educate me mm-hmm. in things to do. The only thing is, is there's not enough time in one session to sometimes to, to do that. Because sometimes I want to talk for hours and I get nothing done. But then that's why you're supposed to go a lot more often <clears throat> when you first start therapy. Because you do need that time for them to get to know you, for them to get to know your life, your your mental health issues, what's going on before they can really dig into what will help you. They can't just the first, you know, two or three times know this is exactly what's going to help you because they don't know you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But if you're consistently going to a therapist, you know, don't just think therapy one time, good to go. It's a consistent thing. Well, yeah. And even if you go like three times, you can't, you know, what's not working. Okay. Well, there's, there's all, like you said, there's always a chance that you have the wrong therapist. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, it does. It does take it takes time. It, it takes therapy time. is is a healthy tool that is over time. It's not going to be. It's a, a skill. An instant <laughs> solving all your problems. No, it's like taking a class. Yeah. You got to show takes up. Takes you four years to get a university degree. You got to learn how to take care of your mental health. It's going to take a minute. Therapy is learning yourself. Learning yourself good. Yeah. Getting yourself some good learning. Mm-hmm. I started off by saying therapy is a good supplemental thing because it does take a long time. So it's not just by itself. It's it's important, but you need to be doing the other things too. If you, yeah, if, I mean, there's certain times they want you to go to therapy, take medications, practice things at home practice things at home don't just go to therapy and not practice the things you learn you you have to practice yeah. you have to work on these things because they're giving you the tools but at the end of the day still like you are the person to take care of yourself yeah it, you're it's it's you it's on you i'm gonna skip a couple tools because i want to kind of say along the lines of it is it is on you but also building a good support plan, which could mean good, you know, putting, surrounding yourself with the good, the good people in your life, people who support you and people who will listen to you, people who will be there for you. And, you know, if you have that option, some people only have, you know, the therapists, but they Mm -hmm. do have groups. There's group therapy. Sometimes it's hard to get into a group, but it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait because everyone's in group. Everyone's in group because everyone's depressed. So many people are depressed right now because the last couple of years have been rough on a lot of people's lives. But yeah, so I mean, like like you said, building a community isn't necessarily just people you know in your life. It could be finding a group, finding those healthy people through group therapy, through 
groups of similar interest. It doesn't have to necessarily be people you already know. I agree. Boundaries is one. Boundaries is hard. There's a lot we could go really deep into boundaries because there's so many different types of boundaries. But I'd say that would if if boundaries is something you want to work on while you're in therapy, talk about boundaries because you will learn a lot. Set boundaries. Talk to your therapist about boundaries. Look up boundaries and you'll see that you probably should be setting some more boundaries. I think everyone could use a little bit of work on boundaries. And it's hard because it can mean you might hurt someone's feelings. I think there was one thing you said about boundaries once that when you first set boundaries with someone, there's usually going to be pushback. Yeah. And. Which is true. And it's just one of those things you just have to do. You got to do it for you and for them. And it's for good them. for them too. They might not realize it right away, but, but you know, a good normal person should be able to have that boundary set with them and be able to respond and go, I understand why you're doing this. And if it takes time, it takes time. Just give people time. Someone that's healthy for you. Someone that's in your corner, your corner and your support community that you're building will understand eventually. And we'll get there with those boundaries. Because it is, it is, it's a confrontation. Yeah. Setting a boundary can, can be very confrontational situation and it's hard for a lot of people. Physical health kind of went over that last episode. But it's important important. to bring up. It's just kind of goes hand in hand with mental health sometimes. If you're exercising, it can help reduce things like anxiety and depression. Releases endorphins. Just a good, good tool all around. Good tool. Environmental health. What does that mean, you think? I think that means set up your environment in a way that's healthy for you like like for example um i was reading i was reading um some information about add and and they said for setting up your environment remove the things that are distracting to you ooh yeah so like if if you're at work and there's you know you've got your phone on you and your phone's distracting you Set up your environment so that you have a place to put your phone while you're working. Set up your environment in a way that's going to be healthy for you. Maybe that means, and we talked about screens, right? Yeah. Maybe that means taking the TV out of the bedroom. Which could be devastating for a lot of people. Yeah, but that's like an environmental health thing. If If that's what you need. You know, just setting up the environment. Dude, we for all your need less health. screen time, anyways. I know. I'm just saying. We all need it. If when you first get home, you need to recover from your day or wind down, you need a safe place. Yeah. Set up a spot in your environment that's going to be that spot for you to wind down. Which could mean screen time. Yeah. <laughs> that could be, you know, your way of winding down. So being in an environment that's healthy is also something that is like almost impossible for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can 
you can do little things to try and help. If you're in an environment that's around unhealthy people, trying to set up your own personal space that you can retreat to if needed. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, that's a hard one. Environmental health is a hard thing, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those things that you do the best you can with what you got. Yep. I mean, once again, you know, you could focus on other tools more mm-hmm. if you can. Your environmental health could be your physical health. It could be leaving the house and going for a run. Yeah. So we've only got two more tools left. Hobbies, that's one of them. I think hobbies goes right along with self-care. Yeah, I think so. You don't really have to say much about that. Mm-mm. You know what your hobbies are. Yeah. Do it. It's better for you. If it makes you. you happy, do it. Uh, grounding techniques. There's a lot well, that's of one. different things out there for grounding techniques. Tapping. Tipping. That's one that you can also talk about in therapy and that they have that knowledge of too teach you those tools yes and if you ask your therapist about any of these things that you want to talk about and they can't answer it definitely get a different therapist for sure because if they can't help you with grounding techniques (laughs) you're fact you need grounding techniques a lot of people need them i need them all the time they help there's a ton you can google too you know just google grounding techniques try a few of them see if they work for you Good old Google. Oh, Google. I read a thing the other day that said um, that we're older than Google. And that hurt my soul. That we're older than Google? Mm Mm-hmm. I think it came out in like 98 or something. I like being old enough to say I lived before things happened. Yeah, but isn't that weird? It is weird. I'm older than Google. Google's not that old. But it seems like it. Like... It's so integrated into our way of life that I can't even imagine having lived without it. Yeah, that's true. It's very well integrated into everyone's life. If you don't know how to use Google, you aren't in our society. (laughs) There's a lot of people that are pretty useless with Internet. But most people know how to type in a couple words to Google. But then they don't know how to hit search sometimes, I feel. Uh, uh, I typed in cat jumps on squirrel and plays piano. Nothing happened. What do I do? I'm doing an old person voice because this is mainly old people. Because. It wasn't integrated into their life. Yeah. Because (laughs) if we're saying it's weird that we're older than Google, it's been in our lives long enough. Although I'm not going to lie. I've looked up some things on Google that didn't. Come up with what I was looking for. Like bad things? Yeah. Like I was like, oh, that wasn't the right combination of words. Yeah. Like you, like sometimes you think Google just knows what you're thinking. Yeah. So you type that in and Google's like, you mean nutsack? And you're <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I meant peanuts in a bag. Damn it. Why didn't I type peanuts in a bag? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And whoever's looking at peanuts in a bag, I don't I get don't it. Know. It's but weird. Google does, I, I think the problem is Google does read your mind. So it should just know. Because there's times that I'm thinking about something and then Facebook's like, here's an ad for what you were just thinking about. And I'm like, get out of my brain. 
I love the Wish ads. Wish? Yeah. Like the, the, sometimes the stuff on those Wish ads, you're like, what? Why is that there? Like what? Do you have any examples? Yeah. Like, I think there was one that was like a, it helped women pee standing up. That showed up on my ads on Facebook for <laughs> Wish. They knew you were a, wom- a woman uh, <laughs> and that you've wanted to do that. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like pee standing up without causing chaos. Yeah. There's, uh, But there's, there's women that can pee standing up without causing chaos. So this episode was meant to dig deep into mental health, which it kind of did. And mermaids. But like I've said, we want this to help give people new ideas and possibly try those ideas out without judgment. Remember, it's ultimately your life. We hope that some of the information from this episode was helpful or at the very least entertaining. I want to end this episode with a huge thank you to you, the listener. Thank you for being here. It means a lot. If you want to hear more episodes, follow us on Spotify and look for another upload once a week. Also, please message us if you have a hot topic on your mind you'd like us to discuss. Thank you again, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your week.